0: Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. When you are teaching more than one child, one of the best sanity savers is using a family learning approach. I had to teach this way with six kids, so I made sure that Grammar Galaxy could be taught to students at multiple levels. My guest, Kathy Gosen, gives us simple tips for getting started. Before we get to the interview though, I want to thank my sponsor, College Prep Genius. Here's more about it. Do you know how to prepare your children for college? Don't miss the University Path to College, an online summit just for parents. Get the important secret insider information from Jean Burke with more than 17 years experience. You'll receive information about College Prep, acing the standardized tests, free college, and more from College Prep Genius. Sign up today or listen to the replays. Go to collegeprepgenius.com PPU, that's collegeprepgenius.com, P-P-U. You can sign up for the free seminar by putting a slash before PPU in the URL, or you can find the link in the show notes for this episode. Guest Kathy is a good friend and a homeschool mama to three precious girls. She is the author of And The Word Became Flesh and Encompass Preschool Curriculum. She is also the host of the Homeschool 5 and 10 podcast. She loves researching and sharing streamlined homeschool tips, tricks, and resources at cornerstoneconfessions.com. Kathy and I discussed the best subjects for family learning, the subjects that aren't easy to teach using this approach, and how to make the transition to family learning a smooth one. I hope you enjoy our interview. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me again here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I know some of my listeners may not remember our previous conversation on the show, so I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit more about you and your family
1: sure um i live in oklahoma and i have three precious girls uh they are 12 almost 13 and 10 and four and they are a bundle full of energy um the oldest is my musical guru my middle one is the compassionate encourager and my youngest is the i just want to be a part of everything person so (laughs) anyway i um I write at cornerstoneconfessions.com and I blog on the Homeschool 5 and 10 and I just have fun sharing streamlined tips and resources um, on homeschooling with others.
0: Well, fantastic. And I'm really excited about our topic for today, which is something that I have practiced over my many years of homeschooling and that is family schooling. So I am hoping that you can help us define that concept.
1: Yes. So family schooling, some people call it morning basket or opening time or table talks. Uh, But family schooling is oftentimes a little bit more than just a morning basket because it usually involves more subjects that you do together. Uh, You might think of it as a one-room schoolhouse kind of idea. So it's it's the concept of doing school together.
0: Mm. And I already know what some of the benefits of this are because I've lived them, but I would love to have you share what some of the benefits are.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, one of the biggest ones that I noticed right away whenever we first started out living on a strap, budget is the monetary uh, savings. You're not buying three, four, five, six, or however many student books you need. You have one book that you can all work from together. So monetarily, it's a huge savings. Uh, It's also a great time saver because you're not having to take extra time to work with each child on a subject. You can all do that subject together once and be done. And so that's another great benefit. future conversations. I, I love the fact that when you do school together, we're sitting at the table and a subject comes up and we can talk about, well, hey, do you remember what we talked about in history or in science? This is this in action. And it brings up future conversations that we can work on together. Whereas if we were doing our own separate sub- subjects separately, those uh, conversations would never come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think as a result, it also develops family unity, and it brings families together. It gives them something to talk about and, and hang on to that, that they have as a special group. So those are just a few of the benefits of, of family schooling for sure.
0: Yes, definitely. I I think it has saved my sanity. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It saves <laughs> my sanity every day.
0: Right. So I know... When I have talked with homeschooling moms about family schooling, one of their questions, probably the most asked question is, what subjects can I teach with a family schooling approach? So what is your answer to that?
1: Oh, my answer is most subjects. Uh, a lot of times whenever you hear families that are doing like a morning basket, they'll limit their their time together to maybe like a poem or Bible verse time or a read aloud book, and, and that's kind of the gist of their morning basket time. But there are so many more things you can do with other subjects. So let's just talk about a few. Um, one is history, and that's, the, that's my go-to, right? So we can read something about history, whether that's a spine book together, And then if I want my different age children to take that deeper, then I can give them a book that they can read on their own to go along with what we're talking about. But as a family, we are all studying the same time period at the same time. Um, For those that like specific curriculum uh, that would kind of follow along with this family schooling idea, I found that story of the world works well for younger kids. And uh, Mystery of History, I would say, is probably one of the curriculums that is most adaptable to various ages because of the way it breaks it down. So that's something to look about for history. Uh, Science is another great subject for doing with family schooling. Uh, my oldest can go deep into what's happening, but my youngest, who's four, she loves to get in and see what's going on in the kitchen. So it, it doesn't matter the age group. They're going to get on. They're going to catch on to different concepts the older they get and the more, more they, they get dig into it. Uh, Apologia and Berean Builders, those are both two curriculum that I really encourage for uh, family schooling. Um I would say when they get in high school, it's much more challenging to do that for science as the subjects get harder. But up until about high school, I say science is a great way to go. Um, Bible worldview, that is another great subject to ha- do together. This could be something as simple as reading, reading a chapter at night together out of the Bible. Uh, the girls and I actually do that every night. We read out of the Bible um, I read a book. Can't even think of the title at the moment. I'll have to. I'll give it to you for the show notes. But I read a book that was amazing, and all it was is the author was talking to me about how just simply reading the Bible with your children and showing them what a quiet time is can have a major impact on their life. And so that's kind of changed the way I looked at Bible. But but doing worldview studies is also great because you can talk about the different sides and have discussions about that uh, using Apologia's world curriculum is a great example for that. Art, art is also a great subject for doing in family schooling. I love it, the fact that art is a level playing field and everybody can approach it from their own level but if they start with the same subject matter uh, it can be amazing what they can turn that into and that could be online art courses, it could be an art curric- art, art curriculum, it could be like um, some videos that they watch online on YouTube there's so many different ways but art is a good level playing field that is really fun to do as a family and music right along with that is also something Uh, you and I both know Gina Mayo and she has online curriculum that she uses and and it's it's great because there's videos that can be watched and used and adapted to multiple age groups and they can do that together so that's really nice language arts. Uh, That's your your (laughs) specialty, but that's another one. A lot of people don't think of language arts as being a family school subject, and I would tend to agree with them, except for a few situations, and that is if you have somebody that's just learned to read and you have someone that is practicing spelling, for example, you could have the one that's learning to read, read the sentence to the person that is practicing spelling. So there's ways to actually use family schooling um, for language arts. This year, uh, my oldest two, even though they're several years apart in school, they have actually started doing writing together. They have the same subject that they're having to write about, but they can write about that subject on their own grade level. And so that's something else. Vocabulary Uh, It could be something like a word of the day. You can all learn that one word of the day and see how many times you can use it. So there's, there's ways to incorporate language arts in a family school setting, even though there are going to be some specific concepts that are grade level appropriate only. Nature study. Nature study is also great because you get out and you can all observe things, again, at your own level and what you know about nature. And that's a great way for the older students, older children, to teach the younger children about what they know about nature. I mean, I could go on and on about this. <laughs> there's a whole lot. But you kind of are getting an idea that there, there's a lot more if you can start to think about each subject, really, in a family unit and how you can adapt it to teaching. It makes it It makes it fun for older students because they can teach the younger students and it makes it fun for the younger students because they feel included and not excluded as sometimes happens whenever whenever you're spending time with kids separately Mm
0: -hmm. well since you're saying you have so many more subjects that you could bring into the mix of being available to teach in a family schooling style are there some subjects that you don't think work well
1: oh there are and we mentioned a little bit that sometimes like language arts you have to be careful as you get older and science when you get in high school and I would say that in general about high school the more you get into the high school subjects the more specialized and that those students will need to spend more time on their own and that's just part of the game as they're getting ready to go into college or life skills or whatever they're going into but um, I would say math is probably the one subject that really mess best is done individually. Flashcard games would be the one exception to that, and that is also depends on the kind of flashcard game because if you have somebody that's in sixth grade and second grade and they're trying to do math facts and one can do it really fast and one cannot, then that's just not fun either. So uh, I would say that would be the one subject for sure that is probably best done individually.
0: Okay, um, that's been my experience I have been able to motivate my kids to learn their math facts very quickly by having them all have to get the answer correct of a set of problems within a short period of time and they're not competing against each other but against themselves and everyone's sitting around to see <laughs> if they right. can do it and that worked right. really really well yes. well what about what about boxed Curriculum, so complete curricula that is available from some publishers. Are there any types of boxed curriculum that would lend itself better to a family schooling approach?
1: Yes. Most of most curriculum that you will see is actually either geared toward a co-op setting or it is geared toward the individual student. Um, but there are a couple of curriculums that I think is does well with Family schooling because it's not geared towards one age group, and that would probably be my father's world and Konos. I've used my father's world. I think it's I think it's a great solid program. I personally like to do my own thing, so I don't haven't stuck with it. But uh, I've seen that in action, and I have several f- family friends that use it on a regular basis for their wide range of children, and it's worked out really well. Konos, I don't have experience with it, but I have um, reviewed it. And it also has that same kind of concept where you can adapt it to older children and you can adapt it to younger children. I like the kinds of curriculum where they have it broken down with you know, high school students, middle school students, older elementary students, younger elementary students. So you're kind of just, when you're looking for curriculum for family schooling, you're just trying to look for curriculum that would be, that gives multiple age group options.
0: Mm-hmm, excellent, excellent. Okay, so, I know that I have listeners who are thinking about this topic right now and they're thinking, okay, so tomorrow we're gonna do everything family school. <laughs> Don't
1: do The that. whole thing. <laughs> that would be total <laughs> overwhelm. Oh my goodness, that would be overwhelmed. Right, no. so
0: what should they do then?
1: Choose one thing to try it out with. And my go-to, like I said at the beginning, is history. It's a great spine. And you can, you can adapt out from there. If you use history as a spine, you can give more challenging reading assignments to your older students that goes with the same subject. You could read a picture book with your younger child that goes with the same subject, but it you would all be on the same playing field. So I would try that first before you venture off and do something else. Um, The other thing I would think, kind of like what I said, is when you are looking at curriculum for next year, if you are wanting to teach more in a family school style setting, look for unit studies. Those do really well. And one-room schoolhouse kinds of curriculum. um, And like I said, multi-age options. When you're flipping through a curriculum, if it says it's for 8th grade, it's for 8th grade. And that's not usually very adaptable. But mm-hmm. if you look for some curriculum that just has, um, like I said, a age group, then, then you're going to be able to adapt that a lot easier.
0: All right. Well, that is a wonderful inspiration. Helps to hold us back from <laughs> starting over with our homeschooling approach. We generally don't want to do that. That we is want, so right. Right. We want to ease into it. Well, thank you so much for all of those tips, Kathy. If my listeners want to connect with you online where is the best place for them to do that
1: i would suggest going to cornerstoneconfessions.com or the homeschool5in10.com and that is the homeschool the number five and the number 10.com and i'm sure
0: you'll put those those links in the show notes and that's that'll be just great so either place I absolutely will. People will want to catch Kathy's podcast as well, and I will be a guest on one of your episodes, so I will be sure to share that with you as well. Kathy, thank you so much for your time today. It was great talking with you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: To find Kathy's books, podcast, and blog, check the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com familylearning. Thanks again to College Prep Genius for sponsoring this episode. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.